Good evening, and welcome to Bigfoot and Beyond with Cliff and Bobo, the multiverse's greatest podcast of all time. You will enter a state of absolute euphoria, which can only be accomplished by listening to this podcast. This blissful state will be facilitated by your guides, Cliff and Bobo, the Stephen Hawking and Albert Einstein of Squatchology, whose melodic utterances inundate you with unfathomable knowledge, unattainable until now. When I snap my fingers, you will venture down the rabbit hole that is Bigfoot and beyond. Subscribe and rate it. Five stars. And the greatest podcast. Whether you're listening or watching, remember always keep it squatchy. Yeah. And now your hosts, Cliff Berkman and James Bobo Fay. Well, hello, Cliff. Looks like we got a big day today. It's officially Patty's Day. Yeah, St. Patty's Day. Let's not undersell it, man. This is an important one. It's a religious holiday in a lot of ways. I'm Irish and she's no saint. It's just Patty's Day. How do you know she's not a saint? What sin has she committed? Elusiveness. Eh, I don't know. I'd say that's a strength. Of course, we're talking about the subject of the Patterson-Gimlin film. This is recording on October 20th. Um, it's not going to air. It's actually going to air on my favorite holiday of all year, Halloween. Boo! Ah! Oh my God. Don't do that, Bubs. Scare the crap out of me. I know. But anyway, yeah, so we're, we're actually recording on October 20th right now. Um, it, it's about 4 o'clock in the afternoon, so about three hours ago, a little bit less. Um, actually, about, about three, 4.14 to be technical. So about, about three hours ago and 55 years, Roger and Bob actually uh, managed to get one of these things on film. And, of course, that's what a lot of people will have as their only Sasquatch sighting. And it's very generous of not only St. Patty, but Roger and Bob to share that with the world because we really appreciate it. A lot of us will never get a Bigfoot sighting, so that's kind of doing it for all of us. And it really has kept the, the mystery and stuff alive for 55 years, man. It's, it's an amazing piece of footage. It's a great reference point for witnesses, too, because you always compare it to like the Patty. Like, how did it compare to the Patty film? And you're exactly the same, or it was totally different. It was, you know, like the mail, the, the report the mail is looking different, usually, it seems like. Yeah, yeah, and of course, unfortunately, the the downside of that is since Patty is the iconic um, Bigfoot, it's like the holotype in a way of what a Bigfoot should look like. Um, Sasquatches don't all look like her, so um, well, it's a lot of a lot of people say, "Oh, mine didn't look like that." That means that one's fake. No, no, no. There's such thing as genetic variation. That's something that we all need to keep in mind. Not all Bigfoots look like Patty. Not all humans look like Bobo. Right? There's genetic variation involved here. So, but it is a good starting point. It is a good starting point. Yeah. That thing that I saw, if it was in fact a Sasquatch, which I think it was, it didn't walk at all like Patty. It didn't walk a bit like Patty. So you kind of have to compare what you've seen to her and notice the differences. But just because she's walking one way or looks she a was walking way, in, She was walking on daylight on a sandbar. What we saw that night was walking on a hill on rocks. Yeah. And through brush, et cetera. Right. Exactly. Um, but yeah, it's St. Patty's Day and it's a day to be celebrated. Actually, this whole week. A couple of days ago was Bob Gimlin's birthday. Another big thing for us, I think. And, and on top of all that, the day people are listening to this is Halloween. I love Halloween. I, I, I love Halloween way more now that I'm married to Melissa, though. I'll say that. 
Oh, dude. Yeah, that's like her Christmas, Easter, all in one. Oh, for sure. There's two, there's basically two seasons in our house. There's um, Christmas, and then as soon as Christmas is over, it's Halloween time. And Halloween is kind of separated into a couple different segments. There's pre-Halloween. Um, there's the actual Halloween season, which apparently starts um, on J- July 5th. I didn't know <laughs> that. Um, July 5th until Oct- Oct- well, October 31st is when it crescendos, is when it peaks. Um, but it's not over then because then you have All Saints Day afterwards. And then it kind of starts petering out around Thanksgiving with, and, and my birthday, which is at the end of November there. And that's really the official beginning of uh, Christmas. And then the Christmas season lasts until January 1st, and then it's Halloween again. That does make sense. Well, yeah, everything's logical in our house. Logical and by clockwork. Um, Yeah, so there's a lot going on in my house for Halloween, of course. Now, mind you, I live on a dead-end road. There's only two more houses past us, and one of those houses is vacant right now. So, And our yard is decorated. For one person. For for, Yeah, for for the people who live right past us. um, And, and, well... Honestly, that one person is Melissa. So we we uh, we, <laughs> we, uh, we decorate the house for Melissa. You don't let her do the museum. You know what? She, no, no. There's stuff. There's less stuff this year because she was on some movie that until uh, um, well after the start of Halloween season. So she got distracted for a minute. Um, she was working on some film or something like that for somebody else. So um, she kind of neglected the museum a bit. We do have this scary um, skeletal looking old man upon the entry of the museum that is holding a basket of free candy and uh, people can come Ooh, in and, what and kind? themselves. Oh, variety of stuff. You know, the, the typical stuff, Twix and Reese's. And all Dude, I went stuff. to get one of those bags for um, trick or treat. And it was, I think last year they were like 14 bucks. It was thirty one ninety five for like a couple pounds of like just Kit Kats and Snickers. Oh my God. What was the candy made out of gasoline or something? Like, why is it so expensive? That doesn't make any sense. Dude, get so much a court uh, per court in California right now. Up here, well, we're in the robberies zone behind the railroad curtain, but nine bucks a court for motor oil. Really, nine bucks. Thirty six dollars a gallon. What's a gallon of gas right now? It just dropped from here. It was like I bought gas I think ten or twelve days ago, and it was seven oh nine, and now it's down to like five ninety nine. I saw five ninety nine today, and I'm wondering why it's so expensive right now. Because it was usually five forty, five thirty, five sixty, somewhere in there. But it was, I don't know. Maybe it's just one place I looked. You know, I don't even look. I mean, it's not like my car runs on smiles or something. I got to fill it up. Right. You know, but so I don't know. I just try not to drive very far. Luckily, all my big footing spots are close. Yeah, I don't even drive my truck. My truck's been parked for months and months. Just and I drive it like once every couple of weeks for a little bit, just to keep her going. But. Yeah, you got to put up $20 in the tank just to turn it over. Yeah, I got my old 98 Civic. Oh, there you go. The thing sat for five years, dude, and got it running again with just a battery and a tune-up. I'm not sure you can ever kill a Civic. Well, I'm trying. It's, it's, dude, it's ready to go. Well, if anybody can, it's you, Bobs. I've seen what you do to cars. No, it's, the, it's where I live, dude. The rust is just is like the surf racks are rotting off the top. Like It's just rotting. Everybody thinks they want to live on the beach until they see what it does to all the metal in your neighborhood. I changed the oil on it for the first time in forever, and I jacked it up. And where I jacked it up, this jack point collapsed under rust. <laughs> I had to find another spot. <laughs> well, good, good. I mean, at least at least you did that. I'm sure the car was uh, quite thirsty. It deserved it. Totally. It's a Civic, man. Treat it nice, and it'll treat you nice. But it might be too late for that. Uh, I treated it good. Anyways, yeah. It's October, so we got our monthly uh, questions from the audience, that sort of stuff. So 
What do we got online? Yeah, it's a Q&A today. It's our October Q&A. So we have a bunch of questions from the general audience. And also after this, we'll be recording a members uh, Q&A where the questions only come from the members, uh, which is a lot of fun because we have a membership program now. If you're interested in being a member of Bigfoot and Beyond, um, you can go to patreon.com slash Bigfoot and Beyond podcast and uh, join us as a member. And what you get for that, of course, is uh, about, I don't know, about 40 minutes or so, 45 minutes. We don't really time it of extra um, podcast content every single week. We usually just have we usually just keep the guests on a little longer and and bug them about weird things. But um, sometimes, like today, we're going to be recording a Q and A just from our members. So if that sounds cool to you, feel free to become a member and be one of the elite, the few, the uh, astonishingly cool. Let's go. Let's jump right into the questions. And of course, for our longtime listeners, if you're new, you don't know this, but our longtime listeners know that there's a way to ask us questions by leaving voicemails. You can go to bigfootandbeyondpodcast.com and uh, you can contact us. Um, all you have to do is go to bigfootandbeyondpodcast.com, contact, and then there's a big old uh, link on the left hand side that says send us a voicemail. And you can actually send us a voicemail asking your question. Um, or, or actually you can leave us a voicemail doing anything. You want to write a love poem to Bobo and I, or just Bobo or just me feel free. But anyway, you can send us a voicemail and ask a question. So we're going to start with those today. So these people can hear their voice on this mega show media content thing that we have going here. So what's the first, uh, voicemail? Let's go ahead and play it now. Hi, yes. My name is Valerie King and I reside in Chandler, Arizona. Uh, I am wondering if you could possibly direct all of your listeners to who and where anyone would send uh, information to letting them know and bringing them up to speed on in to the fact that finding Bigfoot needs to come back on the air. It's a must and it just needs to be done. Bottom line, you guys are truly missed. Uh, the show was amazing, and it needs to come back. It's time. Thank you for your time, and I hope to be listening when you give that response. Thank you. Well, Valerie, all good things must come to an end, and finding Bigfoot has come to an end. Yeah, there's really no plans to bring it back or anything, but if you if you want to start contacting people, I would start with your congressperson. Um, <laughs> I think that you can send send a, your congressperson um, a, a variety of emails, start calling the office. Um, you can even just write letters, postcards, send flowers, um, send them a voicemail. And per, maybe that'll get something going because I don't think Animal Planet really cares so much in Discovery. Um, I don't think that they're really into it at this point. Um, you know, but you never know. I, you could always try them too. You could always try the networks. Start sending them emails and whatnot. Uh, maybe something will happen, but I don't think so. I, I really don't think so. I think that's one of these things that has kind of run its course. And as someone, yeah, as someone who's a performer, you know, I have a degree in in guitar. I have a music degree. Um, as someone who's performed on stage many, many times under a variety of circumstances, it's always better to leave them wanting more, you know, than that for them to get tired of you being on stage. And I think this is one of those cases that uh, finding Bigfoot, we did, we did what we came to do. Um, and more than we came to do, we shot over a hundred episodes. Um, it, it got some great activity, uh, on camera. We didn't do what we came to do, Cliff. We never filmed one. Well, no, I guess not. We didn't, we didn't do that. But you know, at the end of the day, we went looking for Bigfoot on Animal Planet's dime. That's kind of, that's what yeah. I signed up for. Yeah. You know, they sent us around the world looking for Sasquatches. I think that's, that's kind of what I signed up for. I, I knew it was going to be tough to get a uh, footage of these things. 
Like the, those guys have bled plenty out of us. We're not giving them more. <laughs> it was it was a great experience, but I just don't think it's going to happen again. Of course, we didn't know about that 2020 reboot either, and that kind of came out of nowhere. So you never know. But I, I think I suspect we're pretty much done at this point. So yeah, I'm not looking to do any more TV. No, no, TV is a weird thing, man. Like the and uh, yeah, when it, I, I, I sometimes I. I, I do one-off gigs for other TV shows or something, and then they turn – like a couple shows. There's one show, I'll tell you. Uh, the truth truth is out there. Proof is out there. Great show, good fun. They have me talk about weird things that I don't even think are real, and they've never asked me to lie. They've never asked me to say something that I didn't believe or was untrue or to stretch the truth, and those are the kind of shows I'd love to work with. And other times I, I, I do some interviews and then it turns out there's like, like I did an interview for that show. Oh my God, look at this garbage. And I don't, and I won't say any names or anything, but I can't believe that there shows that they get, they get money to make documentary quote unquote documentary shows that are like this. And like they, they bamboozle me into doing it and stuff. So, but yeah, there's a couple of shows that I think are pretty good out there that I would do again, but plenty of them that I, I think, God, what did I do that for? Oh yeah. It was like a couple hundred bucks. I forgot. <laughs> <laughs> but you know i always give them the spiel man like i'm not gonna lie to, lie for you i'm not gonna drag your story forward i'm just gonna tell you what i really think and they say oh that's cool but then you know a- afterwards and I'm, I'm not so impressed but i can't say good things about that proof is out there show all righty what's our next one cliff and bobo this is denny edwards from idaho falls uh bobo i recently watched a video of you with robbie knievel it was awesome uh Wondered whatever other celebrities you've worked with, besides Robbie and Cliff, of course. Hey, love the show. Keep up the good work. Yeah, I did two uh, little documentaries with Robbie, and it, uh, the one's really good. I was like surprised. You know, it's more for like introductory. It's kind of covered the stuff. If you're if you've been in this for a long time, it was nothing new really. But it was it was cool. It was good. And Robbie's a great guy. Um, had a lot of fun with him. And who else are taking Squatch and like a couple of the girls from the Go-Go's Rock and Roll Hall of Fame band, um, Bojo Nixon, a lot of people might know who he is. He has a satellite radio show on nowadays on Sirius XM. Who else have I taken? And on the show, like with Cliff, we've taken Bobcat and with that guy, Jesus, Jesus from uh, Breaking Bad. Oh yeah, his real name is Jesus, like in in real life, not not the show. So I, I forget the character he played in Breaking Bad, though. Yeah, we had Bud from Sublime on the on the show. He he went uh, who Turtle else Man. Yeah, Turtle Man um, and Banjo Neal. Then there was Bob Saget. I spent some time with him. He was awesome. That was episode one forty one. We did a little retrospective on Bob when he had that unfortunate, untimely passing and. I know there's others. I'm trying. He's uh, kind of a celebrity, I guess. Would be uh, John Carter Cash, Johnny Cash's son. Got to go uh, squatching on their ranch. It was awesome. We heard one. That was cool. And then other celebs. I've had a bunch contact me like you know, it was years ago when the show was popular. I got a bunch of us said they wanted to go, but I didn't. I don't think I went with any of them. Yeah, I mean, I, I be, be outside of the show. I, I, the only guy that comes to mind. Um, is a guy named Greg. I don't even know his last name, but he was one of the producers for um, uh, the Blair Witch Project. He's not a celebrity. Yeah, it kind of is. My wife, he is. Like, she knew who he was. I never heard of him. Of course, I'd also never seen the Blair Witch Project until I married my wife. So, um, for good reason, too, because I go bigfooting alone a lot. And then, like, the last thing I want to see is the Blair Witch Project if I go bigfooting alone. Yeah, no kidding. 
And how can I forget the legendary El Jefe guitar player for No Effects? He was on the old uh, Mysterious Encounters, which Todd Prescott has put back up on Sasquatch Archives on YouTube. You can check out. Go check those out. Those are good. The old original Mysterious Encounters with Autumn and Moneymaker. I was on a couple of them. Yeah, it was a pioneering show. Yeah, produced by Doug Hijack. Um, yeah, pioneering show. Uh, really, Finding Bigfoot gets credit for being the first, but we're not. We're not even close to the first. Like, that was the first show. Um, and they deserve a lot of credit for that. And we just kind of piggybacked onto that, really. I mean, I mean I don't, I'm not so sure that our producers had ever even seen one, uh, had seen uh, a Mysterious Encounters episode. But I guess if you're going to make a Bigfoot you know, series, I guess it ends up looking like that is what it comes down to. Because I don't think the guys at Ping Pong Productions had ever even seen one of those things, but ended up being very, very similar in a lot of ways. I think we were the first one to be called with Bigfoot in the title and to go more than one season. Perhaps. I don't really know. I don't really know. I think there was 13 of those, but yeah, that was, that was, shoot, we shot that 20 years ago. Yeah. Yeah. Long time ago. If young Bubs. You want to see Young Bubs? Go check it out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Or if you want to see Younger Bubs, go to the Kenny Loggins video. Oh, man. Bobo, is it true that you actually invented the belly bump? I've heard that, but I think I heard that from you, so I'm not sure. It's true. Jumping in the air, the high, we call it the high Buddha. The high Buddha. Okay, because of belly stuff. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, so you can see actually the first, well, if, if this is true, and I, I'd like to see some documentation, perhaps there's a, you know, somebody, uh, some graduate student out there looking for a thesis of some sort. But um, if that's the case, I, I think some deep dive uh, research into belly bumping needs to be done. And because Bobo is claiming this, and, and, and if, he's, if he's correct, then the first public uh, belly bump would be in the Kenny Loggins video, um, uh, Playing with the Boys. And that's Bobo doing the belly bump in the yellow shirt. So. I'm not sure that I think the first thing that was on the on on television that that we did also that was part of that video was the fake high five where you go up to high five the guy then you pause as you miss and then you go over the back and then pat him on the back. Really, I, I don't think that was ever on TV because that kind of took off like a. I remember like we were watching like a Oakland A's game playing somebody like the Angels or something and they had a couple of the guys were doing that and the announcer said. Oh, it's just like that uh, Kenny Loggins video, those guys doing the fake high fives back pats. <laughs> and it kind of it kind of went off. Like, uh, guys are doing that, like the, the jump up and bump bellies, and then do the fake high five. And then, you know, you, you miss on you each go on the inside. Of, you, you know, you pass to each. Like if you're going to each, if you're both going like right hand to high five, you know, you pass thumb to thumb, and then you go over the top and pat the other guy's back. I go into that story pretty pretty in-depth on episode 86 i believe yeah bigfoot and beyond episode 86 um you can hear all about the kenny loggins video from bobo's perspective um but again if, if you're a sociologist or a psychologist or i don't know a zoologist and you're you, you want to look into the history of these sort of things um we'd love to hear about it so i think there's a lot of a uh, interesting research to be done here stay tuned for more bigfoot and beyond with cliff and bobo we'll be right back after these messages All right, let's go to the next voicemail. Hey there, Cliff, Bobo. Hope you guys are doing well. Loving the show as always. Quick question. One of your recent episodes, you were talking about how they found ancient hominids from dirt. And you made a good point that, hey, that maybe this is how we find out evidence of Bigfoot and stuff. My question is, when it comes to 
testing that dirt, how do we know if it's something like brand new, like a new hominoid we've never found before, or it's Bigfoot? Curious how they'll be able to tell the difference from that. But yeah, hopefully this was a good question, I guess. So, all right, see you guys later, and keep it squatchy. Uh, there's Michael, our OG fan, our very first fan of Finding Bigfoot. Well, one thing that's incorrect is it would be a hominin, not a hominoid. Right, Cliff? Well, hominin is a fancy term for all the things that are on the family tree after humans split off from chimpanzees about six million years ago. There's a very high probability of that. But at the same time, if these things are, say, giganopithecines or some sort of uh, Asian ape, that may not be true. So we just don't know yet. Hominoid is a better catchphrase for human-shaped thing. So, Would it be hominid? Yeah, so we, we don't know about exactly where Sasquatches fit in. So they, it might be a hominin. It might be a hominid. Um, but it's definitely a hominoid. Um, hominid and a hominin are very specific types of hominoids. Isn't hominin... Like all hominins are homin, hominins or hominids, right? That's correct. Yes, yeah. Hominids are are basically the African apes, and I, I guess and we talked about this a week or two ago, and apparently orangutans as well. Um, but you know, we don't know what sasquatches are, so we just don't know enough. But so maybe hominoid is correct. Hominoid would definitely be correct because they're obviously human, vaguely human shaped things, right? So uh, that that would that satisfies hominoid. Uh, but to get to the answer to the question, how would we know? that it is a Sasquatch um, well, versus elk or something? Well, the, the DNA testing would tell us that because what this gentleman is speaking about is um, eDNA. Well, he's saying like if you don't have a sequenced genome that you can say this came from a Sasquatch, if you just get some – it could be a, an undiscovered species like Sasquatch but not a Sasquatch that we have nowadays. Oh, I see. Well, you know what? I would settle for any unknown hominoid DNA here in North America. I'd, I'd be more than happy with it. And there's a since we know Sasquatches are real animals, or at least some of us know Sasquatches are real animals, and uh, DNA, if it was recent DNA, like found in a, a layer of substrate that is like, say, less than a 1,000 years old, I, I don't think there's a lot of other options because people aren't reporting a variety of different kinds of hairy hominoids in the woods. They're, they're basically reporting Sasquatches to us at this point. I wonder if a dog man goes under hominoid or is just upright canine, but it has like, Shoulders and a chest like a man has hands like a raccoon. You know, has like fingers, but it has a tail and a snout. Well, that, that wouldn't be a hominin. That would be a hominate because I'm not even sure those things are real at this point. I just I, I owe somebody royalties. <sighs> but I don't know. I mean, there's there's those, there's those people I know. There's something going on with it. I just don't know what they are, man. Right. I'll go with that. Yeah, yeah. Something's going on. I I know like I I know two witnesses and you've spoken to a couple more. So, but still, I mean. To get back to the, um, his question, though, yeah. if because he's going like, that's not my question, you idiot. No, no, okay. <laughs> um, but if we because we can definitely tell what family they're from, like we can tell, say, you know, an ungulate versus a canid versus you know a bear or any of that sort of stuff. We can tell the family, and if it was if it was an ape family, if it was a hominid or a, um, any sort of ape, actually. I think that'd be a very telling thing. And of course, then you'd have to look at the substrate it was found in, like what layer, and you can kind of date it based on that as well. That's how you, you date a lot of things in the ground or in caves or whatever. Um, and if it was like less than 5,000 or 1,000 years old or something, it would, it would almost certainly be a Sasquatch. But the fact that they would find um, unknown DNA from some sort of ape species would be huge, huge. 
Um, and what if we could find out some more and I'd learn a little bit more about it and what it, how closely it's related to some other things we have uh, DNA for. We have DNA for Neanderthals and Denisovans um, and probably a few other hominins. I'd have to go check it out. But yeah, we have that kind of stuff. So we just compare it to those and we'd see how different it is from human DNA, which we have plenty of. Um, and almost certainly it wouldn't be very different at all. Um, we can certainly place it, how similar it is to humans and kind of get a ballpark estimate of what this thing might be. Um, but that's when it would get really interesting when we get a bunch of scientists and a bunch of uh, universities and other like foundations with deep pockets throwing money at this thing. That's when we're going to start really getting answers. So a DNA thing is a first step. It's not proof for anything. But when you have undeniable proven DNA that has been peer reviewed from North America, that would be huge. And that would turn the page on the Sasquatch subject, 100%. Yeah, North America is the key to that one. Absolutely, absolutely. If we got it somewhere else, then you have to look at other possibilities. Um, but even then, if you got um, hominin or hominoid or a, a DNA from less than a 1,000 years that was not human, that would also be huge, no matter where in the world it's from. Yeah, oh yeah. Yeah, so I, I hope that answers your question. If not, I don't know, too bad. But it was great. It was fun to talk about. So yeah, thanks so much for the question. We really appreciate it. Let's go on to the next one. Hey, Cliff. Hey, Bobo. You guys are my favorite podcast. You're a part of my Monday morning routine when I start work. Uh, I get ready and I listen to the latest episode of Bigfoot and Beyond. So thank you for always making great content. Uh, my question for you guys, specifically for uh, Bobo, from what I recalled, I know that there supposedly is a footage in, a footage from Oklahoma that a casino caught on camera and supposedly it's never like going to ever like leak out into the world. Uh, but I, I think I heard an episode of Joe Rogan a long time ago. You were on where you said you saw the footage, and it's probably like way it's way better than the Patterson Gimlet footage. Is this true? Because or am I making things up? Oh well, I didn't see it. And no, it wasn't better than the PG. I might have said it was better than the PG film in the sense that. I mean, it was really grainy. I didn't see it, but I, we talked to several people that did see it. And what was so good about it was that it, it, the thing's 10 feet tall. I mean, there's no, no discrepancy. Not like, it's not like you're trying to measure tree stumps. I mean, it walks underneath a light. Um, its head brushes against the light sticking out that's 10 feet in the air. It's next to a dumpster. It's at a grease trap, taking a stick and sticking it in the grease trap and you know, dipping it in and pulling out and licking the grease off it. So that, that's why I said it might be better than the PG film in that sense. But it, it was grainy, black and white, you know, 20-year-old surveillance footage. So it, w it was nowhere near the clarity of the, of the PG film or anything like that. But, yeah, that, that was real. And I, I've, heard, I've heard that it is now destroyed, that they just were, didn't want to deal with it and destroyed it. But I don't know if there's any copies or not. Well, you, well, you know what? We're, we're fortunate to have a producer that was somewhat involved in that. Maybe we can bring Matt. Matt Matt Pruitt, do you know anything about this? Have you seen it? Or do you know somebody who has actually seen it and what they described? When we filmed the Finding Bigfoot episode that I worked as the field coordinator and fixer on in central Oklahoma, we filmed a segment about that particular footage. And so we spoke to several people who worked at the casino who had seen it. Uh, I also know uh, an investigator named Roger Roberts, who is featured in that episode, who was there to see it. And in the interim since then, I've actually met someone who got to see it the day after it was obtained, and he saw the full clip of footage. What Roger and a lot of the other people saw was just the segment of the individual, the figure, the subject, crossing into the frame and ducking its head under this mercury vapor light, the bottom of which was nine feet, three inches off the ground, and then interacting with the grease trap. 
what this gentleman told me he had seen was subsequent to that, the thing sort of looks towards the back door and then steps a few feet back into the darkness, kind of in some trees or brush. And then two employees of the casino came out and they stood there smoking cigarettes on a smoke break talking. And he said, you could still see the silhouette of this thing in the trees. And it was there the whole time. And these guys had no idea. Uh, but this guy was doing work uh, for basically for the either the city or the county and was there doing some essentially inspection and got to see this full clip of footage. And uh, I interviewed him at length not that long ago. So there's several people out there who claim to have seen it. But yeah, the, the claim was that the tribe had eventually decided not to release it and then had told employees that it had been, you know, destroyed or deleted, whatever term you want to use to, you know, and in fact, people often, you know, skeptics claim that, oh, well, this was a publicity stunt. Well, they didn't want it publicized and they shut it down in the media. And then when we filmed Finding Bigfoot there, it was with the caveat that we would not name the casino and we wouldn't even name the nearest towns out loud. And so even then they didn't want publicity, but they did let us film there. All right. Well, there you go. That's the Oklahoma footage stuff. And a lot of rumor and hearsay and stories about people who have seen it, but not us. So um, yeah, I wish we had a better one for you, but maybe we can get one of those investigators or one of the eyewitnesses on there and we can talk about it. That would, I'm, I'm interested in it. I've heard so much about this particular piece of footage. I'd like to see it at some point, but um, yeah, well, whatever. We will see. Let's go to the next voicemail then. Hello, my name is David Pearl. I'm an avid listener of your show. And I have a question, and my question is, there's a guy at the jiu-jitsu dojo that I study at who we have an ongoing debate whether Bigfoot is real or not. I've been trying to convince him that it is, but his mentality is always, it may be real in the past, may have lived in the past, but currently is not alive. How would you suggest I go about giving him evidence to prove that Bigfoot still exists? Don't waste your time. Yeah, that's that's the almost yeah, – don't waste your time so much. You can give them a book. You can't convince other people. You can convince yourself. You, you can give other people the information, but that doesn't mean they're going to you know take it in or be an, have an open mind when they read it. I think that you you have no other choice than to challenge this man to a one-on-one death match, and whoever loses is correct. That'll show him. So if you if you happen to lose to the man who is teaching you your martial art, um, that means you win. You win the the argument. It's like golf. You know how like golf is kind of counterintuitive. The lowest score wins. So I would say challenge this man, and then uh, if you lose the match, that proves that you are correct, and Sasquatches are in fact real animals. Well, okay, maybe not. But I I would say educate is the best way you can do it, David. Um, Give them Dr. Meldrum's book. Give them Dr. Krantz's book. Um, And and even if if not everything Meldrum or Krantz or Bindernagel or any of these people who have PhD letters behind their name, even if a couple of their um, uh, speculations or hypotheses uh, are not 100% true or accurate or something like that, look at the landscape. You know, look at the landscape uh, of of all the evidence they have put out, and and ask him the question: Could all of this be anything else but a natural animal? And I think that's a pretty strong argument. You know, when you start looking at the native accounts and how pretty much every native group, indigenous group in North America, has stories of these things, how could that be true if there is not a perfectly normal animal behind all this. It just doesn't make sense. Are all of these tens of thousands, every single one of these tens of thousands of eyewitnesses, are they all lying or wrong? 
every single one of them, including the cops and the military guys and the priests and the psychologists and the PhDs, are every single one of them delusional or wrong? Just doesn't make sense. It just doesn't make sense. Again, it's easy to convince yourself, David. It's really hard to convince other people. So I would strongly recommend that you stop trying. You know what? People tell me that the earth's flat. I'm not going to believe them either. When you're right, you don't have to convince anybody of anything. Relax about it. It's cool. They're real. They're real despite what other people think. Other people's beliefs have no bearing whatsoever on the reality of the Sasquatch. Exactly. Keep that in mind. You have nothing to prove to anybody, man. You just know a secret that he doesn't know. You can laugh at him about that while he gets you in a headlock and makes you pass out for lack of oxygen. Just put him in a figure four. <laughs> figure four leg lock. That's right. <laughs> is, that, is, that, is, that, is that Brutus the beefcake? Is that what is it you're thinking of, Bubs? Uh, I think it's a different martial art, man. <laughs> yeah, I guess I'm getting a little mixed up. Yeah, yeah. Well, cool. I, I hope that helps a little bit, David. Relax about it, man. You know, t- you know what? Honestly, jujitsu, I don't know much about, um, but take the Aikido approach. The Aikido approach is deflect what they say. Just relax. Relax and you will win. You will persist. All right, let's listen to the next voicemail. Hi, Bobo and Cliff. This is Vinny from Clearwater, Florida. I just went through Hurricane Ida, or not Ida, Ian, I'm sorry. And I was wondering, where does the skunk ape go when the hurricanes come through Florida? Thank you very much for any information you can give me. Love your show. Been listening to you guys and watching you guys since Finding Bigfoot and beyond. So you guys have a great day, and thanks. I think they're just like all all wild animals. They they kind of instinctively head to high ground. It's Florida, though. Not a lot of high ground there. Yeah, not, it's not like they're up by Tallahassee in the Florida Alps. Yeah, yeah. Where do they go? I, that's a good. I don't know. I don't know where. I don't know where. I, I also don't know where the bears go. They probably go in thick thickets and on high ground. I'm sure they try to get as high ground as possible into some, you know, like on the lee side of whatever. You know, there's little like 20, 30 foot bluffs and stuff down in there. They probably try to get behind something like that. I'd imagine, but we don't really, we don't know. Yeah, I don't, I don't really know. Yeah, it's a good question. I don't know what any uh, animal would do. Um, bear, I think that's a good place to start looking though. Look what the other large animals do. What do uh, the, the 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 Florida um, panthers do? What do the bears do? Um, I guess you know the, the reptiles just kind of ride it out and float around and try to you know do the best they can at floating around and surviving. But the other animals that have a little bit more choice in the matter, you know, have perhaps a little bit more intelligence and whatnot. Um, wh- what would they do? What would a bear do? I guess he'd, like Bobo said, go to the higher ground if they can find it. Go to some rocky uh, outcroppings if there are any. Um, find some sort of shelter and try to ride it out and make sure trees and whatnot don't smash them and fall on them and whatever. I think the probably the most of danger, and I don't know this, I've never been through a hurricane. I don't, don't plan to. Um, but I imagine most of the danger comes from flying debris. Yeah. Falling trees and debris flying. Yeah. Yeah. And I, you know, I, I don't know how deeply a lot of those uh, trees would be in a lot of the, like say central Florida or whatever, how deeply rooted it would be. Um, so I guess falling trees and debris. So that would mean they get on the other side, get on the, the, the lee side. Is that what you called it, Bob? Um, yeah. The lee side of some big things. So nothing smashes them and stay put, I guess. I don't really know though, but they do swim well. Sasquatches swim. That's pretty well documented. I think at this point. So someone out there that knows this stuff, I, I know there's someone listening that is sitting there going, you idiots, it's this. So let us idiots know what's what the bears and large mammals do during these situations with a hurricane. 
Yeah, there might even be some sort of like long-term witness that has information, like what they think they do. They do. Maybe they've observed a Sasquatch during uh, one of these traumatic times and t- can tell us what they saw. Um, I don't know. I don't know. You know. In fact, a lot of these questions really we should preface with "I don't know," but I think this dot dot dot, and then fill in the blank there. So, I don't know. I hope that I hope that helps, Vinny. Vinny, I hope that helps. So, <laughs> what do we got now? What's what's our next? Question we can further convolute. Yeah, yeah. These experts don't know anything. <laughs> you are correct. That's that's your fault for thinking we're experts. Good morning, Cliff and Bobo. Love the podcast as usual. This is little Dave from South Alabama. I wanted to open the discussion again about the plural of Bigfoot. Cliff, I think you nailed it when you said Sasquatch or Sasquatches. That makes sense in the plural. But Bobo, I'm going to have to argue. I think Bigfoot is the plural for Bigfoot. I saw one Bigfoot or I saw three Bigfoot. Kind of like deer. Saw one deer, saw four deer. In the South Alabama English language, that seems to make the most sense to me. Bigfoots or big feet just doesn't sound right to my ears. Anyway... Just wanted to add that. Y'all have a wonderful day, and I love the podcast. Keep up all the great work. Little Dave, you ignorant hick. Oh, don't don't bash on Dave like that. I love I love me some little Dave, man. Lil Dave. Lil L-I-L apostrophe. Lil Dave. I was doing a kind of combination of Moneymaker and Dan Aykroyd on that one. Oh, it was a Dan Aykroyd thing, wasn't it? Yeah. I didn't catch that. Yeah. Well, Moneymaker has yeah, Moneymaker has a master's in English, and he explained that it has to be Bigfoots because big feet is plural of for the feet, and Bigfoot singular wouldn't work. It has to be Bigfoots. Yeah, and you know what? I will chime in here and say that I hate to say it, but Bobo, forgive me. I, I'm I'm Aaron with little Dave here. Um, I do think that the proper would be the singular form, like deer. Um, except that this, except that there is such a widely held misconception about the species that there is one individual whose name is Bigfoot and he continues to be seen all over the country throughout the centuries. Um, and that is evident in, in the, in the, in the constantly annoying question, have you found him yet? Right? So, um, I go out of my way to say it incorrectly in public, Bigfoot's. I say it incorrectly just to drive that home. Yeah, I know it's wrong. And there's even a paper written about it in, in, the, um, in the ICS, the International Society of Cryptozoology Journal back in the day, about how to name and punctual, punctuate and capitalize all these cryptids and whatnot. I don't adhere to it, but there is a guideline out there that's being, that has already been written and published in a journal. But um, that's why I say Bigfoots when you hear me say that word, is to, to really drive it home that it is not an individual it is a species, uh, but I, I kind of think it should be there. I saw two Bigfoot um, out, you know, doing stuff and playing ping pong or whatever it was. Um, I think it probably should be like that, but I'm going to say Bigfoots to try to dispel that myth. And that's why, by the way, I err towards Sasquatches because it just sounds right. And, you know, well, you know what, Cliff, I'm going to prove you wrong because right now I'm dialing that moneymaker. Really? Okay. We could, we could check. We could check. I should have probably had you call so he picks up. Nah, that's all right. 
Well, Matt, Matt may Matt may have his own perspective on this, but I'm I'm going to Lil Dave, man. Lil Dave is now becoming my my favorite regular call-in, by the way. Oh, for sure. Yeah. So thanks, Lil Dave. Really appreciate all your enthusiasm and constant questioning. Um, you always because that's a sign of an intelligent person is someone who's always questioning things and asking questions about their environment and things they observe and pointing out things that don't sit right to them. So uh, we appreciate Lil Dave. Let's see. I got I got I got money ringing. Please leave your message for nine four. Matt, I need you to dispel some ignorance for me. I'm trying to explain to Cliff and Lil Dave on the podcast we're recording right now why it's Bigfoot's plural and not Big Feet or Bigfoot. And you are the recognized master on these sorts of things. So I was just calling for your guidance and clairvoyance. And wish him a happy St. Patty's Day. And happy Patty's Day. All right. Let me know. Cool. Well, maybe Moneymaker will call back and leave us a voicemail that we can play. Yeah. So if he calls, if he calls either one of us, don't pick up. Little Dave, I, I'm afraid we have to leave this um, unanswered for now. But hopefully, Moneymaker will get back to us. I, I'm I'm on your side, Little Dave. Bobo, I don't know. Great. You, you don't have to agree with your friends. Is the bottom line. Hey, I'm listening to Moneymaker. What he says goes. All right. Fair enough. Fair enough. All right. Well, in the meantime, while we're waiting for that answer, and little Dave, you just got to keep listening. Maybe we'll get an answer for you. Um, it, while we're waiting for that answer, it could come today. It could come in a couple of weeks. We really don't know. Matt, Matt Moneymaker is a mystery to all of us. Oh, hold on, Cliff. Oh, what do you mean? Would I, did I step on your toes verbally? Just hold on a second. I'm holding. Matthew. Yes. Hey, I got you on speakerphone and we're recording. Okay. For the show? Yeah, for the podcast. All right. Here I go. <clears throat> Excuse me. Why is the plural of Bigfoot Bigfoots and not Big Feet or Bigfoot? The word Bigfoot, uh, the plural form of it, there's obviously three different options there. One is to leave it the same, like the word deer, meaning the plural and uh, singular deer, or Big Feet or Bigfoots. The reason we have and, and and the bigfoot community because this is such new vocabulary in the language it's really the bigfoot community can decide the proper form of usage that is set because there isn't oh, any particular rule that's that's clearly appropriate as opposed to another so the usage should then be guided by whether there's issues in clarity or or vagueness and there is because the word Bigfoot in singular, it is confusing in speech when you're using it to talk about multiples, where that wouldn't be unclear with the word deer, because people, you could use that in the multiple form and people would kind of get that idea. Like there's a lot of accidents with deer and people wouldn't think, oh, does he mean one or no, they'd understand that you mean multiple. But if you say there's a lot of car accidents with Bigfoot. If you meant plural, it's going to confuse a lot of people because they're going to think you meant it in a singular way. So that knocks out that version of it as not being preferable to either big feet or big foots. And the rule that boils down to the word choosing between big feet and big foots is simple because you look to the reference word out there of the Blackfoot Indians. So they have the word foot in this part of the name of their tribe. And when they talk about more than one Blackfoot Indians, they don't say black feet. They say black foots with an S. So that 
should be Bigfoots because the Blackfoots Indians call themselves Blackfoots and not Big Blackfeet when they're talking about themselves in the plural form. That's exactly what I was trying to tell Cliff. <laughs> yeah. Like, if you go, and if you were to say, if you were to be in Montana, and you'd say, oh, yeah, there's a bunch of Blackfeet Indians, people would laugh at you. They'd say, you mean Blackfoots? So, anyway, so that's why I said, that's why I've argued for a long time that that should be the proper plural convention. I like it. There you go. All right. If there's any other things that I can regale and impress you, <laughs> don't hesitate to call. Well, thank you very much. We will not. That's okay. so cool. Okay. All right, man. Thank you very uh, much. I don't need anything else. All right. Well, we, we won't hesitate to call when we need you. Tell them thank you, please, for us. Yeah, Cliff said thank you also. All right. No problem. Okay. Talk to you guys Bye. Soon. There you have it. <laughs> oh, that guy's the best. Well, little Dave, you're no longer an ignorant hick. You just got straightened out. There you go, little Dave. Right from Moneymaker's mouth. <laughs> yes. Spitting facts. Yep. Lay that, <laughs> lay that to rest. Stay tuned for more Bigfoot and Beyond with Cliff and Bobo. We'll be right back after these messages. Hey, Cliff and Bobo, this is Yvette from Cibolo, Texas again. I have another question. This one's a little bit more serious than my last one. My last one was the question about casting actors to play y'all. Well, I'm sorry if you get asked this one a lot, but this is what I want to know. Based on your understanding of Bigfoot, on the historical accounts that you've read, the eyewitnesses that you've interviewed, your own experiences in the field, the conversations that you've had with colleagues about their experiences in the field. You're, you're, you're truly experts on Bigfoot. Based on your understanding of Bigfoot's personalities and their behavior patterns, if Bigfoot's were dogs, what breed would they be? Okay, thanks for everything. You guys have a great day. What breed would they be? That is a much more serious question. Yeah, but I think it's more, I think they're just so close to human, like that's the closest thing you got to compare them to, or like, or if you want to go more the animal route, like chimpanzees say, um, personality, there's a lot of, lot of more variable personalities than say like a golden retriever and, uh, you know, like, uh, a beagle or you know like like with breeds are bred for a specific thing whereas primates i think there's a, there's more of a variation yeah like what what dog is bred for staying out of sight one that you never see you know that'd be a bum out kind of a dog they have around the house you know kind of like a cat really more than anything i, I don't own cats and clearly i'm sure that all sorts of cat lovers are out there are very upset right now because i didn't even said anything close to what I just tried to say. But yeah, imagine having a dog that hid all the time, you know, that didn't want to come out. That's the kind of dog, whatever that is. What is that Korean dog? There's a type of Korean um, dog, uh, a Jindu, I think. Jindo? Jindo, I think is what it is. Yeah, I know you're talking about, I can picture it, but what, what about him? Yeah, so so maybe maybe that something like that. Uh, I just Googled it real fast. Jindo, um, kind of rare. They're, they're only found in a few places. Temperament, intelligent, bold, loyal, active, faithful, and brave. Yeah, maybe, huh? Maybe something like that. So uh, um, elusive dog breeds. I'll, I'll type that in and see what goes on here. 
the rarest dogs in the world. It says Sky Terriers, Canan Dog, Lagoto Romagnolo, Romagnolo, Azawak, the Moody, uh, the Norwegian Lundhound, the Keski Terrier, and the Chinook. Oh, the Chinook. That's what it would have to be. I totally forgot about Chinook dogs. Um, Chinook dogs are kind of a special breed in a lot of ways. Uh, I even looked into getting one, but they're really hard to find, I guess. Um, so yeah, they're, they're alert, calm, intelligent, and dignified. What says it better? That is like a squatch. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I think that, um, and if any of our listeners out there are, are from the Chinook nation, they may even agree with me. I'd like to think that I think they'd, they'd be pleased about that. I mean, I don't know. I'm just taking a stab in the dark here, but uh, it seems like they might even be pleased about that. It's like, yeah, why not? Why not? They, they, they were once on the verge of extinction, it turns out. Um, they're kind of uh, they're muscular and substantial, it says. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. I'd say, that, I'd say that's it, the Chinook. Okay. It's a rare dog breed. And, you know, Sasquatches are rare, so we'd have to go with that. That's my take. What about you, Bubs? Or Are you in agreement? Uh, yeah, I'm trying to think. I think, I think you, you know what? You would not get a purebred breed. Uh, pip, uh, 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 Sasquatch would be a mutt. It'd have many characteristics, like you know, from pit bull to German shepherd. I see the Australian shepherds. They're painfully smart. Yep, acrobatic, fast like a greyhound. They'd be a combo. Yeah, they'd just be a big mutt. Yeah, some, but you know what? Um, what, what, what the question brought to my mind is that you ever notice how, um, for many people, um, they look like their dogs. Like you look at a dog and its owner, you go, "Oh, I can kind of see the resemblance there." I've seen some damn funny pictures on online. Yeah, yeah, and of course we all look at ourselves. And say, I don't look like my dog, but we all kind of do. We all kind of do. There's something about us. You know, I'm not going to deny that I don't look like a little bit like Sochi, or Sochi doesn't look like me. Um, but what, therefore. What kind of a dog would a Sasquatch have? I guess is a reasonable question. Yeah, coyote. I've seen. I've seen like a coyote wolf hybrid. Coy wolf. Coy wolf. There you go. Yeah, something like that, perhaps. Just a thought. I can roll with it. Okay. Okay. Let's let's get to the last voicemail, and if we have any time, we can go to the written questions. Hi, Cliff and Bobo. This is Tim and Sawyer, a father daughter duo that love all things Sasquatch. We each have a question for you. Hi, what are your guys' thoughts on dog man, goat man, and lizard man? Also, have you ever gotten reports of a cat man-like thing? And my question is, when you are in an area that might have Sasquatches in it, what subtle signs or clues should you look for other than the obvious footprints or smell? Thanks for helping create some quality father-daughter Squatch bonding time. Those are both excellent questions. And many-faceted. I'll take hers first. Hello, Sawyer. Yeah, the dog. I mean, the lizard man and that kind of stuff. I, I, if that stuff. I mean, people report it, and if there is something like that actually happening, it's not just misidentification and hallucination or wishful thinking or whatever, uh, paranoia, whatever, whatever it may be. If there, if there stuff is happening, I think it's just the end times, <laughs> like signs of the apocalypse, huh? Ragnarok, for real. Oh, maybe. Sure, sure. Well, Lizard Man um, is, is an interesting thing. And a lot of that was born out of uh, um, three-toed footprints, which might actually be from alligators um, or fakes, uh, like in the Honey Island Swap Monster situation. Um, but, you know, uh, our good friend Lyle Blackburn has written a book 
solely on lizard folk um, of various sorts. So that might be a good resource for uh, Sawyer to go to and check out, actually. And of course, I, I you know, me, I'm, there's a teacher in me somewhere. And um, I always encourage young people to go to books for their information. So check out Lyle Blackburn's book about the lizard man. I, I forget what it's called, but it's going to be easy. Lizard Man of Bishopville. Well, you know, and you know, check out, uh, I think his newest, newest podcast is Lizard Man. Oh, really? He has, he has a neat podcast. You might want to check that out, too. Yeah. It's Monstro Bizarro, right? I think it is. Yeah, Monstro Bizarro. So check out uh, Lyle's book, Lizard Man, The True Story of the Bishopsville Monster. Um, I talked to Lyle about it. He says there's something weird going on, but he also thinks that some of those people are seeing Sasquatches just all swampied up, you know, like all, you know, all uh, algaed over and things. So, um, but yeah, there's something going on with that sort of thing. Uh, Goat Man? I don't know about that one. Um, I barely sold on the dog man one, but so uh, I don't know what to think about all those sort of things. But Boba, you're 100 percent behind dog man, right? Well, I mean, I don't, I don't think there's some evolution. I mean, I, I think people, yeah, I think they're there in, in some regard. I mean, people are seeing these things, having encounters with them. They can take. They're definitely in this 3D realm, or they, you know, they're physical beings. But I. I cannot, and everyone I've talked to that's supposedly like, you know, dog man kind of expert style, whatever that, you know, have podcasts on it or whatever. They don't have a clue either. A true mystery. In other words, just nobody really knows what's going on. It's like, it's like the universe itself, a true mystery. Well, we can point at Gigantopithecus and Australopithecus and I mean, with Bigfoot, there's just, there's so much to go on, but with dog man, there's just really stories and i i have seen one good photo i know i've seen two good photos now they're not great but they're they're very interesting one has a bigfoot and a dog man in the same picture and uh i think actually they both might actually and they're from separate events separate people um one was in louisiana and the other one was in arkansas i believe or oklahoma is it a good picture or is it a yeah it's pretty squash. good there's uh I'm trying to think where you can see it. No, it's it's pretty good, dude. Like the one the one I'm thinking of right off the top of my head is it's, it was taken by a guy that we you we both know. He's um I forgot his name. He's a really nice guy. He just retired a couple of years. He's probably mid sixties. His son's a dentist up in Chicago and he offered to fix my tooth for free. And he's been a, he's always at the Texas conferences and like uh Boggy Creek stuff. We met him when we were filming down there. He's he's when we were at uh filming by town hall meetings for finding bigfoot he'd be at those and god I, I i know the guy i can't think of his name he's totally cool and i kind of thought he was nuts at first because he was talking about dog man but then a couple years after you know known him for a while he showed he goes i got the picture and he showed me the picture i was like dang dude like and then he talks about you know seeing it with his eye and his partner was with him they had two eyewitnesses and they were corroborating like yeah that that thing was was a living thing that, that was moving around and I was like, damn, you guys, it's it's a pretty good photo. Wild. Well, I'd like to see that. If you ever get a chance, just send it over. I'd like to put my eyes on that because uh, good Bigfoot pictures are rare. But to have a Sasquatch and a Dogman in the same one sounds nutty, but I'm wide open to, to you know, seeing as believing, so to speak. Convince me. I'd, I'd love to be convinced of something un, unconvincible. Then I've seen some photos of some pretty big canine-looking tracks that are pretty nuts-looking, but – not many, like only a couple. I mean, for how much people talk about seeing their tracks, I haven't seen a lot of good. I've I've seen maybe one or two photos that are like, well, that's compelling, but who knows? 
Who knows? Yeah. Well, you know, Tim also, uh, the father of the Tim Sawyer pair, has a question, uh, which is, you know, besides, you know, footprints or smells or anything like that, what sort of things should one look for while you're in an area with, uh, you know, with potential Sasquatch activity to see if these things are around? What are your thoughts on that, Bobo? Um, I know you're not sold, but I look for tree, I'll also look for tree breaks and uh, stick structures that most likely could not have been made by a human. Um, most I go off of, uh, look for those. I try to find something where there's a swamp that has some kind of elevation nearby is always pretty key. If you can get in some swampy marshy areas that has like some cliffs or mountainsides coming by real close to it or where the forest meets the meadows, um, I, I'd go by that more than like actual Bigfoot. So I just go by where the other animals are congregating. Yeah. It's, I, I'd say water. I like standing water. I like swamps. Um, I, that's one of the things that I look for. And it's been, it's, you know, it seems to be pretty, pretty indicative of possible Bigfoot and, you know, Bigfoot's in the area. Um, some of my best spots, I, there have never been a sighting. There's never been a sighting report out of it. There has now, but um, b- when I first discovered one of these spots, there had never been any indication Sasquatches are there. It just looked like they should be there because there was water. There was a ton of food in the area. A lot of other animals were hanging out. Um, it was super quiet. That's something that I, I, is worthy of mention. Um, the spots that all, I, in fact, all of the best Bigfoot spots I know of are eerily quiet. Yeah, there's other animals there. I've heard elk's bugle and whatever else, but they're all very quiet. They have excellent acoustics. Um, I think that's something that um, people can clue in on. Um, the, the, the kind of acoustics where if somebody was speaking at regular volume from 300 yards, you could hear that they are saying something. Maybe you can't understand them, but you could hear that somebody was speaking. That's the kind of place that I think that they like to hang out in. Because I think that they're very um, aurally, A-U, aurally um, focused. They're always tuned into what sounds are in their environment. And that's how they keep track of us and their prey. Hopefully, we are not their prey. But yeah, that's the kind of thing that I look for. A place that is amazingly quiet with great acoustics that has a lot of food and other animal life. But you know, um, not if you, if you didn't have boots on the ground, um, one of the best indicators is a history of sightings. If, if there's two or three or four sighting reports from within a mile or two, that's the spot to go. Because the longer I do this, the more I'm convinced they don't move around very much. If, they're, if there's four or five reports within five or ten miles, definitely go there. They're probably in there somewhere. You just got to find out where. Uh, you know, I forgot to tell you, Cliff, was I got a call from my buddy today, this morning. He and his dad were driving last night, heading up from uh, Quinault, Lake Quinault to Queets on the west side of the Lake Peninsula. And Washington and they and this is a uh, odd Bigfoot behavior but we see it over and over and over it was foggy and this thing was standing on the center line and didn't move until he had a swerve to miss it you know he's going fast you know he's on the freeway 101 and he barely missed it the thing took off and he said it was eight and a half nine foot um black but it had red hair on the buttocks and on the hips and, and then it took off and ran westbound, but he said that it was uh, the shoulders were nearly as wide as the hood of the truck. Do you think that the the coloration on the butt and the hips is because that's where the car lights were hitting it under under foggy conditions? No, him and his dad both said that it had definitely red, like uh, 
orangey red. Only there, though. The rest of it was a different color. Yeah, they said there, there might have been a few flecks of it, like you know, like like shimmers of it. But it was the red, red was red, orange was on the buttocks and hips. Hmm. Did they mention the color in the other parts? Yeah, like a dark, dark, like a black. Okay, interesting. Yeah, because we know that red is also one of the colors that disappears the fastest under poor lighting conditions and turns into black. Um, okay, so I, I'm going to lay that. I'm going to keep that question open there. But that's interesting. So just last night there was a sighting up there between Quinault and Queets. Yep. If anyone's listening to this it's in that area, it's if you know there's that house on the uh, east side of the road that's halfway between Queets and Quinault. It's about ten miles below Queets School. That's uh, there's a double pullout. I think it's called Rust or Rush Creek, or it flows into the river there. There's and there's a pull-outs on each side of the road right, right, right next to a bridge. And so I guess it's, a, it's below, just south of the S-curves. S and of course, everybody who lives up in Quinault and Queets is saying, yeah, that's like a Tuesday around here, man. Right. <laughs> a lot of stuff happens up there. Like, remember, Tyler Bounds hit one on Finding Bigfoot. It was standing in the road. I, I, I don't know. I mean, I've heard literally a couple hundred of these stories about them standing on the center line, not in the middle of the road, on the center, I mean, in the middle of the road, not in either lane, just, well, partly in both lanes, but right in the middle on the center line. And they just freeze there for whatever, like, for whatever reason. Yeah. Well, I don't know. Roads are pretty warm. If it's all, you know, foggy and stuff, maybe it was kind of cool and they just like the feel on their feet. I'm just obviously speculating here, but. But anyways, this is kind of interesting. Oh, it is interesting. I was, that, yeah, there was another sighting up in that same stretch of road in April. Yeah, my friend Jason Roberts, you know Jason, he he investigated. We got to get Jason on the podcast. He'd be a great guest. I called him and never called back. Oh, uh, well, I'll give maybe I'll give him a buzz, you know, start hitting him from two sides. We'll get him. Yeah. Yeah. We didn't answer too much stuff today though, which I I, I like to try to at least get some uh answer like, you know, I don't know. Instead of me just going duh, blah, have something concise to say. Well, if they didn't like us going duh, they wouldn't subscribe. I'm going to say it again. <laughs> Yeah, we're just hanging out. We're all friends here. Again, we're, we're, you know how many people's car we're in right now on a Monday morning going to work? We're, we're, we're helping these people through the day. You know, that's a big obligation, a big responsibility. And I take it very seriously. And if a few does, and I don't know, make, makes their life a little bit better. I'm all about it. I guess it makes them feel better about themselves. Well, yeah, at least they're not like making fools <laughs> themselves on a pod, yeah. on a well-listened to podcast, you know? Yeah. Yeah, because if they make a mistake in their car or something, no one knows. But if we make a mistake on the radio, we're in a bunch of cars and everybody's laughing at us. I get it. We're with you guys. All, all you Monday morning commuters, we are with you guys. We love you guys. And gals, I say guys is a plural sort of umbrella term, by the way, because English is ill-equipped Ill for like a plural second person. You know. Anyway, here's a written question from Chris Quintero. Does Sasquatch throw overhand or underhand? Has anyone ever seen which? Yeah, side, kind of a side underhand throw, like almost like a discus, but they, uh, instead of the hand being on top, like when you throw a discus, your hand's on the top, they have it when they throw it, the palm is facing forward. They, like Derek Randall's has seen it. I've talked to probably a half dozen people that have seen it really well, where they, it's, it's a under sidearm throw. They don't throw overhand. That's also how chimpanzees do it, by the way. Yeah. Super interesting. Yeah. So, so there's one for you. Yeah. They're, they're, we didn't say duh on that one. We're good. I'm feeling good. Let's go for one more written one, and then we can uh, sign off, and we can do the member stuff. Okay. And Belovich. 
Hi, Cliff and Bobo. I'm Annie. I love your show so much. I binge it while I'm at work every day. Has anyone ever caught a Bigfoot or any live webcam on any live webcams? I know they have some webcams to watch bears and other animals in the wild. And I was just curious if it has ever been reported to your knowledge. Love you guys. Thanks for a great podcast. Well, there was that uh, the uh, Tom Powell one. That's you know the big shadow that walks in front of that one. Like she's like 15 years ago. And then there was that one. The baby eagle nest cam, where there's something in the background. It could have been a hunter. I think it, I, I think it was most likely a squatch myself, but it comes walking down to the right side of the camera and kind of jumps down a through like a slash. Kind of looks like sort of like a slash area. Yeah, they actually had me try to do that one. They had, I had to comment on that one for that TV show. The proof is out there. They said, "What do you, what do you think, Cliff?" I said, "I don't know. I mean, maybe, maybe, but no. What do you come down? This maybe, but they were cool about it. They they let me get off with a couple maybes. So. Yeah, I think I th- just the way that it, it, how far it jumps down on that one, I was like, that doesn't look like a guy in a costume. Well, you know, there's also a bunch of fake stuff. Like there was that something last year at some point. Uh, the it, DOT cameras. Yeah, yeah. There, there were two of them that came out within a week or two. One was just a guy at, like in a, in a snowsuit sort of thing, not like a Sasquatch suit, but like one of those big heavy suits, you know, walking through the snow. He was like an, uh, a Washington um, Department of Transportation worker or ODOT or something. I don't remember what's. I think it was in Washington though. Um, so yeah, that was a big bulky dude walking in some snow gear essentially. And there was another one um, where there were two photographs from, uh, and I think this one is in Oregon. There were two photographs of one of these things, uh, but it ended up being a cardboard or a, a wooden cutout on the side of the road. Um, but people made a big to do out of it and it made, made the media and stuff. But um, <laughs> there were two pictures that showed a car on the highway in one picture and no car in the other. But yet the Sasquatch, the, purport, the purported Sasquatch was in the exact same position in mid stride. It's like, okay, well, that's obviously a cutout of some sort. We don't need to worry about it. So there's been a couple fakes and a couple possible ones. Um, so that's the best to our knowledge there, Annie. Yeah, there's that there's that Yellowstone footage too of the four hikers that people were trying to say. And I just saw it recently in some Bigfoot documentary. They tried to put it in there as like a real Bigfoot footage. But it was four people. I mean, that was the one at the geysers. Yeah, I think it was cross-country skiers or something, wasn't it? Or, or hikers or something? Yeah, yeah, the, yeah. It was it was people, four, four, four humans. Yeah, four humans, exactly. Uh, it's one of the bad things about Sasquatches; they 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 look like people wearing suits or heavy gear. So yeah, and then I never got to see this one, but when I was down in New Mexico, I think it was San Carlos Power. It's the big power company down there. They were building a a new facility in the middle of nowhere on the Navajo Reservation, I mean in the boondocks, and they. As it was being constructed, they had high-quality 4K uh, cameras mounted around the facility, and a Sasquatch walks up in daylight on 4K and pokes around on camera for about 35 seconds and walks off. They had it on multiple cameras as it walked through the facility, on the all the side of the facility. But it came right up to the equipment, was looking at it. There was no one there. It was no, 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 I think there was no house within 12 miles or something like that. Well, I mean, where's that footage, man? I'd love to see that. I, I I tried. I had no luck whatsoever. I actually went to the offices and couldn't get. I couldn't even get to get them to acknowledge it. And when I went when I went out there to the spot, there was uh, no one even working there at that day because I guess they didn't have the supplies they needed or something. But um, I talked to a Navajo police officer that saw it and said it was amazing. 
I, I almost would prefer that it didn't exist, just to know that you went to the offices and wandered around the empty site for a while, demanding to see something that they had no <laughs> idea about. And then I was on the camera. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I demand to see this. Where is this? We don't know what you're talking about, man. No, I know it's real. I know it's real. Oh, that'd be hilarious. Yeah. That's the that's the footage I really want to see, probably more than the Sasquatch one. Classic. <laughs> Okay, well, you know what? We we still have a whole member scene to, to record. So why don't we uh, go ahead and end this regular version, regular episode of Bigfoot and Beyond and go to our Beyond Bigfoot and Beyond folks, and we can answer some more questions over there, okay? Yep. Okay, in the meantime, though, for people who want to have uh, have us answer their questions, go to BigfootandBeyondPodcast.com and hit the contact button. And there you can either submit a question to us or you can send us a voicemail if you want to hear your voice on our little podcast here. We'd love to have you ask us questions. We have a lot of fun answering them. And while we're talking about things you can go to and see on the web, check out SasquatchPrints.com because that is the only place you can get Bigfoot and Beyond t-shirts and hoodies and a bunch of other goodies like that. So SasquatchPrints.com for all your you know clothing needs. And of course, if you want to ask us questions, BigfootandBeyondPodcast.com. And then you can leave us a voicemail or type us a message there. Bobo, take us home, sir. Alrighty, folks. I don't know if you get your money's worth on this one or not, but... You get what you get. Dude, it's free. They clearly got the money. <laughs> so thank you very much for listening. And we really appreciate it. If you can, if you like the show, review it. Give us five stars and uh, say some kind words. And especially hit that share button and spread the word of uh, Bigfoot and Beyond with Cliff and Bubba. We appreciate it very much. All right. Have a good one and keep it squatchy. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of Bigfoot and Beyond. If you liked what you heard, please rate and review us on iTunes. Subscribe to Bigfoot and Beyond wherever you get your podcasts and follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Bigfoot and Beyond Podcast. You can find us on Twitter at Bigfoot and Beyond, that's an N in the middle, and tweet us your thoughts and questions with the hashtag Bigfoot and Beyond. 